Oh, look, so like to be sun-dried eggplant, sun-dried tomato, sun-dried capsicum. I wonder if there's a fresh vegetable in here at all there. I don't even know what it's that is. It's sounding like they just accidentally left it all out in the sun. <laughs> like that wasn't the initial plan. Uh, well, today's episode, we'll eat botulism. <laughs> Where'd you get it from? You know what I'm going to say, and oh. I know the look you're going to give me. Why? I got it at a gas station. <laughs> hey, it's not sushi. I've never bought gas station sushi. No, no, no. Much better to try their soft cheese. Well, you know, I'm into it now. <laughs> what a worst thing happened. <laughs> so what's happening in Royal Family News? I haven't been uh, on Twitter today, I don't think. Well, the good news about Prince Philip is condition is stabilised. Oh, excellent. Okay. Enthusiastic. <laughs> We're all My life's going well. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> Why did you fuck off and stop asking such hurtful things? <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> Why would you be so mean? Inappropriate. Wildly inappropriate conversation to have with me at the moment. Hello, I'm Joe, and welcome to the Royal Gossip Podcast. Kate, you're here. I am, and I'm caffeinated this time, so apologies to everybody Uh-oh. for Saturday. Well, I'm just... Oh, right, I thought you were apologising for what was going to happen next. <laughs> oh, no, we just go with it. No, I just listened to um, a podcast and um, the announcement for Prince Philip, and okay, I am so tired, and I can hear it in my voice. I was like, ugh. So I have caffeine today. How do, although, please enjoy that quality episode, which is still available. <laughs> oh, Joe's hilarious. Um, oh, good. That's <laughs> for the main a death thing. Death announcement. That's probably. Oh, yeah, exactly. We were appropriate, as we mm. will continue, of course, to be. Yes. So. Uh, thanks for tuning in, podcast pals. You're back with us again. How lovely. Yes. All right, let's get on with it. Of course, we're talking the, uh, we're putting the fun into funeral. That's right. We figured if the Queen can go back to work after four days during official mourning period, then we can too. Well, exactly. And starting with the Queen, she is, of course, still in mourning at Windsor Castle. Mm -hmm. But she did have an exciting duty to perform and did it anyway, so good for her. What was that? She had an audience with Earl Peel who, as we all know, is uh, something. Uh, he's retired as Lord Chamberlain, oh, who is okay. basically the head of the Queen's household. So uh, he delivered up his wand and insignia to the Queen, and she said thanks very much, and awarded him with the Royal Victorian chain, which again is a fairly uh, rapper-esque piece of equipment. <laughs> and then she had a, I don't know if you'd call it an investiture, but she met with Lord Parker, the former MI5 chief, who is oh. now the new Lord Chamberlain. Oh, he could fuck you up six ways from Sunday. Right, so he? now the head of the Queen's household is the former... No, it's not Q. It was M. M, M was James Bond's boss. Mm. Yes. I figure that was planned for quite some time. I mean, it's the retirement of someone who's been in service for years and years. And I mm. guess she thought, well, what am I doing anyway? Mm. Why move things now? Let's just, as Prince Philip would say, get on with it. Yes, um, I can't imagine for a moment that Prince Philip would want something as important as that to lag. No, of course. And as I say, you know, you can't just sit there and wallow. She needs to get back to doing what she's doing. Just get on Tinder and move on with her life. <laughs> Too soon? <laughs> Can you imagine, like, 
suddenly there's a woman <laughs> up on, you know, Lilibet, 92, must no. love dogs. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my stepfather would be into that. <laughs> Yikes. I'm trying to think who her type would be. Uh, her and Sir Elton John share a uh, taste in interior design. <laughs> He's happily married, I'm led to believe. Oh, right. Oh, I've got it. What, who? Harry Styles. He's into older women. <laughs> that he likes wearing pearls and knitwear as well. <laughs> They've got a lot in common. This is all too soon. How dare you with any of this? Oh, my goodness. All right, let's... Uh, I apologise <laughs> for Kate. So I guess we better face up to the statements. Yes. Are we going to go through them all? I guess so. The Most of them are fairly brief. Mm. Which is, I think, another thing that everyone's got to now with... If you're going to make a speech or a statement... Don't crap on. I mean, no. everybody's here to consume something that's 45 seconds long, so why? We've got the att- attention span of a something it, that has a particularly bad, poor attention span. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think what has. Yes, you're as something as a thing that makes poor analogies. <laughs> Prince Charles said, I particularly want to say that my father, for I suppose the last 70 years, has given the most remarkable devoted service to the Queen, to my family and to the country, but also to the whole Commonwealth. As you can imagine, my family and I miss my father enormously. He was a much-loved and appreciated figure, and apart from anything else, I can imagine he would be deeply touched by the number of other people here and elsewhere around the world and the Commonwealth who have also, I think, shared our loss and our sorrow. Bless him, I think he was... He's usually unshakable, but he was throwing a lot of I supposes and I thinks into it because Mm. I think he was a little bit... uh, Mm. He said... uh, He went on. My dear Papa was a very special person who I think, above all else, would have been amazed by the reaction and the touching things that have been said about him. And from that point of view, we are deeply grateful for all of that. It will sustain us in this particular loss and at this particularly sad time. Thank you. Well, Well, what else can you say, really? Yeah. He was so young and vibrant, nobody expected it. (laughs) Sorry, too soon? (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be a lot of too soons coming up. Uh, We then, of course, move on to... Oh, yes... His Royal Highness Prince Andrew, the Duke of York. Yes, we're momentarily uh, casting aside our policy of not speaking or giving this man any publicity. So he was at the memorial service at Great Windsor Park, Mm. which was actually a memorial service for the ranger of Great Windsor Park, which, of course, Prince Philip was also that. So the ranger is the person who's basically in charge of the Greater Windsor Estate. Mm basically in charge of planning for the estate and where to put trees and everything that goes on the maintenance of the estate, like literally in charge of the groundskeepers and everyone, I think. Mm. So um, I think it's just a a tradition to have a memorial service for the ranger, whoever they are. Well, who's going to take over that role? Well, again, that's one of a number of things that he's been doing the as long as we've all been alive. So Mm. nobody really knew what what happens Mm. when you try to replace one. But Prince Andrew said that the Queen had described the Prince's death as having left a huge void in her life and described his father as the grandfather of the nation and said that close family were rallying around his mother. He said, My father said to me on the telephone a few months ago, We are all in the same boat and we must always remember that, but occasionally we, the family, are asked to stand up and show compassion and leadership. And unfortunately, with my father's death, it has brought home to me not just our loss, but actually the loss that everyone else has felt, for so many people have died and lost loved ones during the pandemic. And so we are all in the same boat. Slightly different circumstances, because he didn't die from COVID, but we are all feeling a great sense of loss. Moving right along. 
So good. <laughs> I, I don't. I want guess to the expression "good for him." Yeah, I, I, I just can't even bring myself to talk about that man. Well, hold on to your wigs and keys because but, we'll be getting back to him later. Well, I was just going to say it's interesting that he's prepared to give uh, doorstop interviews and uh, is unavailable for the to give interviews to the FBI. Well. Hmm, indeed. And he clearly approached one specific Royal Rotor reporter who'd obviously been read the right act to ask him one specific rehearsed oh, question. There's a couple of them who still adore him and there's photographs of them. Oh, here I am talking about this guy and I didn't want to. Um, yeah, there are some who still deeply adore Andrew and are quite happy to make excuses for him. So I wouldn't imagine that that was particularly difficult for them to find someone who was going to be sympathetic towards him. What conceivable excuse... Do you know what? Moving on. Yeah, we'll just get angry. (laughs) To uh, our sweetheart, Her Royal Highness the Princess Royal. So, of course, Princess Anne had a statement of her own, uh, which was definitely written just by her, because it's very in her voice. Uh, She said, You know it's going to happen, but you were never really ready. My father has been my teacher, my supporter, and my critic. But mostly, it is his example of a life well-lived and service freely given that I most wanted to emulate. His ability to treat every person as an individual in their own right with their own skills comes through all the organisations with which he was involved. I regard it as an honour and a privilege to have been asked to follow in his footsteps, and it has been a pleasure to have kept in touch with their activities. I know how much he meant to them in the UK, across the Commonwealth, and in the wider world. I would like to emphasise how much the family appreciate the messages and memories of so many people whose lives he also touched. We will miss him, but he leaves a legacy which can inspire us all. And Princess Anne was also out and about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Apparently she gained, having discussed it with the Queen, decided that Prince Philip would would have approved her going on. So she kept her date with the Royal Victoria Yacht Club on the Isle of Man, taking in various engagements there on the island that had a uh, seafaring theme, one might have said. Oh, okay. Of course, the first people we saw were the... uh, their Royal Highnesses, the Earl and Countess of Wessex, leaving Windsor Castle, where we first caught a glimpse of a tearful Countess who has spent most of this week crying and seems devastated every time you see her. Yeah. Uh, they were driving out of the castle and slowed down to acknowledge people and someone asking how the Queen was, uh, she said that she had uh, been amazing through this, which I can imagine mm. she would be very stoic and holding it together for everybody. Well, if you think about it, um, just realising, of course, Sophie's probably the only royal spouse that's still on the scene, of course, from those era, from that era that, you know, we know, the late 80s, early 90s, because Diana is gone, of course, and Fergie doesn't step out in front of the camera much. No. Except to apparently put her full support behind Piers Morgan. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> apparently so. Mm. So, of course, the Earl and the Countess were also at the memorial service at, for the Ranger of Windsor Park. And speaking of his passing, she said it was very peaceful and that it was right for him. It was so gentle. It was just like somebody took him by the hand and off he went. Very, very peaceful. And that's all you want for somebody, isn't it? And she also said the Queen is thinking of others. Which, in a way, helps sometimes. You really don't want to think about yourself at this time. No. And the Earl said, it's been a bit of a shock. However much one tries to prepare oneself for something like this, It's still a dreadful shock, and we're still trying to come to terms with that. It's very, very sad, he said. But I have to say that the extraordinary tribute and the memories that everybody has had and been willing to share has been so fantastic. And it goes to show he may have been our father, grandfather and father-in-law, but he meant so much to so many other people. So bless them. And I think that Sophie is a big comfort to the Queen, and I think they're Mm. actually quite close. So 
anyone's having to be there, humour the Queen, that'd be a rough time. Yeah, so remember um, a few years back now I met um, the descendant from one side, and I can't remember if it was the Lancasters or the other side from... um, Richard III, the gentleman who went to the funeral service, the reinternment for him. Oh, yes. Yes, and he sat beside Sophie for the whole service. So he's um, uh, a Plantagenet boy. And uh, he said she was just lovely and um, really hardworking. He said um, one of the Queen's favourites, apparently. Oh, yes. Because there was that whole thing about at the point when Diana was still alive and divorced from Charles and Fergie was divorced from... Um, Andrew, the only person that could step in for the Queen, the only acceptable person to step in for the Queen was Sophie for a very long time. Um, There were certain functions that divorced people could not attend in that role. And so she got a very large amount of work flicked her way um, to be the Queen's representative. Which she always does impeccably. Mm. Never a drama, never an issue. So good for them. But I would say it would be a tough week trying to support the Queen through, through this. Dreadful. Because it's one of those, I mean, even when it's someone close and within the family, the the cases of, my God, what do you say? You run out yeah, of things to yeah, say yeah. pretty quick. And she'd be hearing it from everybody, and I would imagine she'd be like, well, let's just go back to work because I don't want to sit around here and feed the corgis. And moving on to their royal highnesses, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, God bless their little cotton socks. Of course, they updated the, their Royal Foundation website with a nice, nice picture of the Duke, mm-hmm. and I think that they've got it particularly rough i know it's not a competition Mm. but maybe them and also peter and zara Mm. because they've got little kids of the age where they have to have the great grandpas gone to heaven conversation and that's a fucking corker yeah that's worse than you understanding it that's and then it mightn't even sink in and it's got to you got to go through it again and that's a nightmare and do you think grandpa will see, you know, great uh, grandpa will see great great granny up there and, you know. Oh, yeah. So they will have had a fucking hell of a week, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, William was to appear on the BAFTA Awards in a pre recorded interview this mm-hmm. week, but they, they've uh, he's asked them to pull that. Mm-hmm. They're just, I think, him appearing, even though people would understand it was pre recorded. Well, you'd be surprised how stupid oh, I guess people that's are. right. He doesn't <laughs> want to appear on TV looking jocular. Yeah. And I believe he's the president of BAFTA, and of course the Duke of Edinburgh was BAFTA's first ever president. Oh, when was they he? I didn't were instituted. know that. And William's statement was, My grandfather's century of life was defined by service to his country and commonwealth, to his wife and queen, and to our family. I feel lucky to have not just had his example to guide me, but his enduring presence well into my own adult life, both through good times and the hardest days. I will always be grateful that my wife had so many years to get to know my grandfather and for the kindness he showed her. I will never take for granted the special memories my children will always have of their great-grandpa, coming to collect them in his carriage, and seeing for themselves his infectious sense of adventure, as well as his mischievous sense of humour. My grandfather was an extraordinary man and part of an extraordinary generation. Catherine and I will continue to do what he would have wanted, and will support the Queen in the years ahead. I will miss my grandpa, but I know he would want us to get on with the job. And I did see someone had a montage of many occasions where the whole family was there and he would make a beeline for Catherine and they would start chatting and laughing mm. together. And he did that with Princess Diana a lot too. Yes, he, he wrote a lot of letters. It's come out now that he wrote a lot of letters to her still after um, they split up, so which is nice. And I think it's the mark of a nice guy. And, I don't, you know, he enjoyed the company of ladies, and I don't mean that in a euphemistic way, like he actually did. 
you know, you could see him whenever there's a family reunion or something, he's always chatting with one of the ladies and, you know, yucking it up. Well, one would imagine that, um, imagine him trying to talk to um, any of the, the, the men folk, as you said, remarked the other day. It would be like, so, uh, having a bit of a hard time, are you? What, uh, you've had to pull your plane out of a nosedive, have you? Oh, uh, n- no, I'm just having a bit of a Barney tiff with the neighbour. What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> I would think that he would find women a little bit more comfortable to be around in that respect. Oh, yes. Well, who doesn't? <laughs> we didn't hear personally from Her Royal Highness Princess Beatrice, mm. who I think is probably very shaken up, mm. because I was thinking of the recently, relatively recently, the TV special The Queen at 90, mm. and they interviewed Princess Beatrice for that. And when they asked her about her grandfather, she got emotional and cried talking about him when he was alive. Oh, my goodness. So I can imagine she's probably in no position to be making any sort of statement at the moment. So it was left up to Eduardo, who put a loving tribute up on Instagram on their behalf. So he put up a lot of uh, cute black and white photos of the Duke. And I think that's probably all she's capable of at this, this point. About Her Royal Highness Princess Eugenie did put out a brief statement. She said, Dearest Grandpa, we will all miss you. You would be so touched to see all the tributes that have been shared with me the past few days. People remember sitting next to you at dinner or shaking your hand once. People who remember you saying hello in passing or remember how much their Duke of Edinburgh award meant to them. I remember learning how to cook, how to paint, what to read. I remember laughing at your jokes and asking about your spectacular life and service in the Navy. I remember I remember incinerating the sausages and you swooping in to save the day. I remember your hands and your laugh and your favourite beer. I will remember you and your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren. Thank you for your dedication and love for us all, and especially Granny, who we will look after for you. With all my love, Eugenie. Oh, that's very sweet. It's a very personal one, isn't it? Sort of really just... You can really tell the different tones that people Mm. have taken. And not that uh, I think that Prince Charles is just so guarded, he's not going to come out and say something florid and let it get away from him. Mm. Be a hard time, I think, for um, Eugenie with her new baby, sort of we went through a similar situation where you think about all the milestones that um, granddad's not going to see. Yes. And every time one of those things happens, you think, oh, I wish that, you know, he'd been alive long enough to see this or... Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Moving on to the shit list of former members of the family. Shit list. Kicking off with Sarah, Duchess of York. Oh, she put something out, did she? She did a brief announcement saying that she'd be putting on hold her YouTube series, including Storytime with Fergie and Friends and Little Red News, that she'll be recommencing in a couple of weeks. And according to Piers Morgan, she texted him. Well, he wrote, Not all royal duchesses were as thrilled as Meghan Pinocchio Markle to to see me leave Good Morning Britain. And quoted something allegedly from Sarah. People have said how much they miss your morning joy and humour, texted Sarah, Duchess of York. Get back out there. Perhaps we should start a new breakfast show together. Morgie and Fergie in the morning. Anyone in? This is where we need the sound effects button. Yeah, a bit of a vomit sound. Well, she's, I mean, she's siding with the family. She's trying desperately to ingratiate herself to the family. Why have any contact with Morgan, though? Like, really? He obviously just wanted to prove the point because he came out saying that the members of the royal family had thanked him and um, everybody's like, well, you know. Well, there's one that he's named, I guess. Yeah, they're saying, you know, tell us or it didn't happen. But, I mean, know. they'd be thankful to anyone defending them at this point, I guess. Mm. And speaking of drama. All manufactured by the media because Megan's has said absolutely nothing. 
That bitch. How dare she be pregnant? You know what? It's disgusting that she said nothing. And you know what would have also been disgusting? Her having said said anything. So, fuck her, I say. (laughs) Kidding. I'm kidding, Sussex Squad. (laughs) Calm down. It's all right. I'll nobble him while he sleeps, girls. The Duke of Sussex has arrived in England, sporting a black mask and was seen at Heathrow. No photos, though, that I've seen. No, I couldn't dig one up either, but he was spotted, and I guess he's a bit hard to miss. I don't think he's been confused with anyone else. Well, yeah, certainly not that guy from the Lifetime movie. (laughs) Wow. You would have made a more convincing Harry with that dreadful wig that I bought from. Lord, Lord. (laughs) Wish. We watched the second, which is a sequel. Why did they do a sequel? To the, 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 uh, is it called the Lifetime Channel? I think it could be the Lifetime Channel. Yeah, the Lifetime Channel TV movie about Harry and Meghan, which was just absolute nonsense. Absolute nonsense. I don't know who the woman was that they passed as, cast as the Queen, but... Oh, terrible. Terrible. Mr. Sheffield being cast as Charles. That was... <laughs> by the way, anyone you see... If you know someone and you see them in a Lifetime TV movie, you go, they're on the brink of suicide yeah, fin- yeah, yeah. financially it's, and professionally. Yes, it's like, oh, I made a wrong investment on the advice of my manager and now I'm doing Lifetime movies. And I thought... And the guy that played Harry... Oh, no. No, he was he, almost as bad as the guy who played William. Yeah, at least the William guy was the right type. Yes. The guy that played Harry was um, well, too handsome for a start, <laughs> and he had a full head of hair. So that was a fairly forgiving rendering of the Duke, might I say. Oh. And I don't want to be bitchy about the girl who played Megan, because mm. she was generally speaking the right type. Mm. But, I mean, say what you will about Megan, she's an incredibly beautiful woman. Yes. And it would hurt to go, oh, I am the Lifetime Channel version of Megan. Because <laughs> she literally was and now literally is. Yes. Ouch. I'm the Wish version. I'm the version you yeah, you're, the, yeah, she's the Megan who arrives in the mail. <laughs> not good. Yikes. So he has gone to Frogmore. Mm. Presumably do, do we not, know that for sure? Well, we as much Just, as we know anything for sure. Did he spokes poodle? No, no, we haven't heard, but we that's what everybody's saying. Okay. So, again... It's not the Royal Fact Podcast, so I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> uh, apparently, he's not crowding out Eugenie and Jack. He's staying. They have a self-contained flat at the house that was meant for Doria, Doria. Uh, okay. Megan's mum. And apparently, that's where Harry's crammed into that tiny heck hole. <laughs> oh, God forbid. I'm sure he's fine. He was in the army for 10 years. And with the Cambridges, obviously, with the kids up in Norfolk, mm. their first face-to-face meeting is going to be at the funeral. So we're going to be cutting the tension with a chainsaw at that. But at least, mm. I, I don't know if it's thank God or not, but at least there's a reason for everybody to look grumpy as fuck. No one has to pretend to be too enthused. No, no. Though apparently, uh, if we believe the Daily Mail, which we don't, there's been a phone call between them and Kate's trying to play Peacemaker. Yeah, somebody threw up some articles about uh, Kate's obsession with Harry when he was single and all about managing his life and trying to tidy Yeah, his... she did desperately want to get him a girlfriend and help him with yes, stuff, Yeah, but, but which was we'll sweet. chase out the ones that she didn't approve of. So that's... Well, she fell down on that front. Well, Cressida, not Cressida, the one before Cressida, they chased oh, her out. Um, Chelsea. Chelsea, they chased her out. So... Um, Yes. 
I think she should have married. Like if if <laughs> she clearly didn't want, she wanted Harry, but for Harry to be you know the king, the future king. Because and I'm sure Meghan will be panicking that they're all going to get in his ear and try and deprogram him. But that's not going to work. I mean, he's now got children. He's going to have mm. to go back. It's uh, oh, he's I don't think she's not at this point. But if I don't miss my guess, those people they usually do a lot of love bombing if they let their controlly out of their sight. It's then text every two minutes and. He'll have had a lot of preemptive programming to not let anybody, you know, get in his ear and push him one way or another. But let's hear his statement. Good for him. And not being snide, the one good thing is I'll say about this statement, this is Prince Harry talking. Because mm. you can tell this isn't one of those um, run-on sentence, putting a spotlight on marginalised voices bullshit talk. This is actually Prince Harry talking. What do you mean run-on sentences? Oh, when... When Megan writes the statements, which she does, the sentences are five and a half lines long. No, that's not true. That is not true. We read one of her statements the other day. That one about the podcast was but there's absolutely not, not ridiculous. The, the, they had a professional speechwriter break down one of um, her speeches and saying you can really tell that she's been trained in rhetorical Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. Because Very about forced. like using shorter sentences where it's appropriate, repetition, Longer sentences where it is appropriate. So, no, she's uh, a better writer than any of the rest of them. Well, this is really Harry talking, you Mm. can tell. My grandfather was a man of service, honour and great humour. He was authentically himself, with a seriously sharp wit, and could hold the attention of any room due to his charm, and also because you never knew what he might say next. That is true. He will be remembered as the longest reigning consort to the monarch, a decorated serviceman, a prince and a duke. But to me, like many of you who have lost a loved one or a grandparent over the pain of this past year, he was my grandpa, master of the barbecue, legend of banter, and cheeky right till the end. He has been a rock for Her Majesty the Queen with unparalleled devotion, by her side for 73 years of marriage, and while I could go on, I know that right now he would say to all of us, beer in hand, oh, do get on with it. (laughs) So on that note, Grandpa, thank you for your service, your dedication to Grammy, and for always being yourself. You'll be sorely missed, but always remembered by the nation and the world. Megan Archie and I, as well as your future great-granddaughter, will always hold a special place for you in our hearts. Pamari Pertarum. Is that by sea, by land? Or? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which angered people. What? People got angry about that? They're saying that out of everything he could have said, he brought up the motto of the Marines because he's pissed about... Um, Philip having bequeathed to him being Captain General of the Marines and then having it taken off him and that that was a reference to that. I don't. What? So he can't use the language to describe the, the, the life that his grandfather lived. Get fucked. If you're one of those people, get fucked. Are you saying the people at the Daily Mail should get fucked? Oh, absolutely. I'll say that till the end of time. How dare you? I'll put that on a loop on YouTube. <laughs> get fucked, get fucked, get fucked, get fucked. So, also, quote, very upset are the villagers of Tanner Island in Vanuatu, having been broken the news that their beloved Duke of Edinburgh has died. Though apparently they might be interested in worshipping Prince Charles and they're looking into that. No. No. No, 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 no. I didn't know this, uh, but from their morning statement, they, of course, and I'm not going to be condescending about Pigeon English, but it is very cute. Mm. Uh, his name in Vanuatu, Pigeon English, is number one big fella, him belong Mrs. Queen. Oh, 
songs. It's adorable. So, of course, everyone will be wearing mourning bands and dark colours in memory of the Duke, and members of Parliament will wear black armbands for the mourning period. And 41 gun salutes rang out across the Commonwealth, including at our very own Parliament House here in Canberra, and throughout the Commonwealth, and throughout all of the oceans from Her Majesty's ships at sea, also firing guns, which would have woken up any natives in the areas (laughs) they were doing that in. And, of course, as I said, that was all around the world and in London where the King's Troop fired all the horse artillery guns that uh, were fired on the day of their wedding and fired at the coronation were brought out again. Let's not even get into world leaders and the tributes from around the world. Mm. You get the general gist. Yep. So we're all G'd up for the funeral, which is our time here in Australia going to kick off midnight tomorrow night. Ooh. I believe. <laughs> Are we going to stay up and watch that? So, well, I shall. <laughs> it's not like we've got a life outside of this podcast. That's going to be a barn burner of a fun story. I would think, you know, obviously there's going to be literally no members of the public. Yeah. And we know with any event within Windsor Castle, there was always going to be a limited amount of people, like mm. a set number of people let in anyway. This is even less fuss than he envisioned. So I think he'd be thrilled with this, honestly. <laughs> Oh, he's um, probably like someone I hold very dear. He says, oh, I don't give a fuck what you do with my body when I die. Put me in a sack and throw me off a cliff. (laughs) Well, I know when they, as part of the procession at the funeral, to move him from the chapel, the private chapel up in the castle down to uh, St. George's, Mm. because when they were discussing it, he goes, just whack me in the back of a Land Rover. (laughs) So that's actually what they're going to do. So as I said, the coffin's currently lying in rest at the private chapel in Windsor Castle, covered with his uh, personal standard flag and with his navy cap and ceremonial sword on top of it. So the funeral will take place 3pm in St George's Chapel, Windsor. So the funeral service will begin with a national minute silence at 3 o'clock. And I guess that's GMT. Yep. So there will be a ceremonial procession within the grounds of the castle. So taking him from up in the castle all the way down to St George's. So the coffin will be moved by the bearer party and the 1st Battalion Grenadier Guards, of course, and there will be representative detachments drawn from His Royal Highness's military special relationships, which he had quite a few. So how are they going to... Uh, my understanding was that there was only going to be 30 at the funeral, so how are they going to manage that? Or is that not Well, there's going to be bugger all people there when you count spouses in. Mm. I should have counted it out. Well, I'm just thinking there's um, four children and their spouses. and then... So that's eight. And then there's all the children from there. So there's more that's... Grad- well, that already count. That's yeah. already, you've already... Someone's going to have to miss out from that. Yeah. If they don't break the rules, which I think they're, they're probably going to have to. Yeah. So as we said, there's a purpose-built Land Rover, which the Duke was involved in the design of, which will be flanked by military pallbearers in a small procession from the state entrance all the way to St. George's Chapel for the funeral service. Members of the royal family, presumably all the guys and... I'm guessing they won't. Princess Anne will opt herself into that and be mm. in military uniform. If anyone's in military uniform, but we'll get to that. Yep. Is it interesting going through the whole funeral? There's not much else to say at this point. Well, I've, I've got no idea. What was it called? The Fourth Bridge? Is that what it is? Yeah, Fourth Bridge is the plan. Yeah, because I, I don't know anything about the plan, so I think there'll be people who don't know anything about the plan and how that's going to go. So, of course, the funeral service will be attended by Her Majesty the Queen and members of the Royal Family. The bearer party will be Royal Marines, who will be received at the top of the steps at St George's Chapel by the Dean of Windsor and the Archbishop of Canterbury. So that's an extra eight people there, the six pallbearers and the... 
Well, I don't, I don't, well, yes, they're going to have to carry the coffin in. Mm. They can't count the clergy as mem- as guests at the funeral, surely. Um, they can't count into the 30. Yeah, well, that's what they were doing in Australia, so I don't know what... what they can't the have a are. choir, obviously, no. or, a, or, or a singer or anything. No. They probably have music, pre-recorded music, I guess. They could have an organist. Is there an organ in St George? I don't recall seeing one in the wedding. But... No, it's it's too old of a chapel to have one. Mm. I don't remember them ever putting one in. No, not a wheel of hurdy-gurdy in there somewhere. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'll look that up while we're um, thinking about that. So the route of the procession will be lined with representatives from the Royal Navy, Royal Marines, the Highlanders, the 4th Battalion Royal Regiment of Scotland and the Royal Air Force. Apparently there is an organ there. Oh, there you go. Well... There we go. Um, There is a history of... There's a book by Roger Judd on the history of the organs that have been associated with St George's Chapel. And in 1790, Samuel Green built an organ for the, um, the chapel which was placed centrally. So there we go. Weren't you planning to write a book about your love of big organs? <laughs> Anywho. A guard of honour and bands from the rifles will receive the coffin with the national anthem. So there will be a guard of honour and band from the rifles and they'll be doing the national anthem as the coffin is received. And positioned in the Horseshoe Cloister will be Commonwealth Defence Advisors from the armed forces with which uh, Prince Philip had a special relationship. That is that he was a colonel of all their forces, being Canada, Australia, New Zealand and Trinidad and Tobago. Oh, okay. A Royal Navy piping party. Oh, Christ, they're going to play the little whistles. That's always sort of weirdly emotional for some bizarre reason. Well, it reminds me of kindergarten. Remember they did that one for Camilla? Oh, no. (laughs) We can't have that. Hopefully these guys will be... uh... So, yeah, they'll be doing some traditional numbers as they do all of the coffin work. So Once they actually get him inside, the Land Rover, the service chiefs, all the defence advisors and everyone else uh, will dispersing silence so they'll basically all bugger off at that point in depart respectfully <laughs> oh yes of course <laughs> and that includes of course the military knights of windsor so all of the uh, decorated soldiers who literally live at windsor castle will all be in their finery and gear i guess they've missed out on dressing up the knights of the garter for that ceremony this year so mm. this is a much less fun occasion but at least they get to polish their buttons ask for a shrubbery yes indeed so the Duke of Edinburgh's insignia, all the medals and decorations conferred on His Royal Highness by the United Kingdom and Commonwealth countries, together with his Field Marshal's baton and his Royal Air Force wings, and the insignias of Denmark and Greece will be positioned on cushions on the altar for the ceremony at St George's. And uh, obviously from that point on, it's going to be the fairly standard Church of England that we're all fairly familiar with, but mm. we'll be all enjoying again. So, of course, you'll be doing uh, live tweeting from the Royal Gossip Podcast. Uh, oh, yes, indeedy. <laughs> Good man. So, um, those of you who are listening, just... Twitter.com slash Royal Pod. So, follow along for um, up-to-the-minute announcements from Joey Jojo. The crypt situation. I'm very confused by this. Okay. Now, underneath... And I understand there's a limited number of crypt spaces underneath St. George's Chapel. Mm. There is the large royal crypt, which is more of a general area for, uh, I don't want to say second tier members of the royal family, but that is basically the case. But the newest and uh, least spacious area at Windsor is the George VI vault, Mm -hmm. where the Queen's parents, uh, King George and uh, the Queen Mum, are currently buried there, Mm -hmm. as is the ashes of Princess Margaret. There's only two spots left in there. Oh, so 
Queenie and um, Her Majesty and... I assume that has to be for Her Majesty and Prince Philip. Mm. She's definitely going to be buried with her family Mm. and she won't want to be buried without him, I would have thought. Mm. But at this point, they say they're putting him in the royal crypt, meaning the more general area. Are they intending then when, God forbid, the Queen passes on, moving him? Because they've done that before, but I can't fathom... Wouldn't you just put him where he's going to end up now and just leave the space for the Queen? I don't know what that's in aid of. Have you been to a party with your in-laws where you've got to make small chit-chat oh, until your spouse arrives? He doesn't want to be stuck arrives. in there with yes. them until she arrives? <laughs> yeah. You idiot. <laughs> I'm not wrong. <laughs> Do not put me in there with your mother and father. I don't know what to say to them. You know he always goes on about his This gout. is one of those things where... If you're arriving late to a party, your husband waits in his car so he doesn't have to make conversation with people. I'm sorry I had to take a call from work. You're dead. How's that work? Lordy Miss Claudeth. And it also puts into some sort of questioning if the Queen does go into the George VI vault, which she obviously will, Mm. and I can only assume they'll then move Prince Philip in there, they're then flat out of spaces. So where does everyone go from that point forward? We're going to need a new vault. (laughs) They're going to have to dig under that thing again, which I would be extremely nervous to do. Mm. I mean, it's a building that's nearly, that's over a thousand years old and it's made of stone stacked on top of each other. I mean, that's not something you want to get a backhoe and dig out from underneath and see what happens. Or a front hoe. No, well. Sorry. And you don't want to rely on your side hoe <laughs> for anything. No, I believe she's in private mourning at the moment. Shout out to Penny. Can't a man just have a carriage-riding friend (laughs) without people inferring things that are obviously true? (laughs) My goodness me. Okay, so there was one thing we did discuss last week, which was the fate of the Dukedom of Edinburgh. Mm. Now, I've always understood that uh, Prince Edward was fated to become the Duke of Edinburgh, and he is. We were right about that. Oh, was there an announcement made? Uh, Yes, because there needed to be a clarification. Now, apparently, this has been explained before, so I didn't make it up. Okay. He was just made an earl when they got married to leave space for him to become Duke of Edinburgh. Gotcha. But, as we know, everybody is very thingy on the rules. Everything has to be done by the rules. You can't just, as we've discussed previously, no one just gets made a prince, no one just gets made a duke. You can't just decide to hand it off to someone else. So... The rules of the Duchy of Edinburgh Mm -hmm. are that it goes to your eldest son. Mm -hmm. So when Prince Philip passed away, Prince Charles technically became the Duke of Edinburgh. Oh. So he is presently the Duke of Edinburgh. But the one person who can hand out dukedoms is the monarch, including their own. Okay. So basically what's going to happen is as long as the Queen is alive... Prince Charles will be the Duke of Edinburgh but not use that title. Mm -hmm. And then... God forbid if ever the Queen were to pass away, mm-hmm. when Prince Charles becomes king, he'll then be free to gift it, basically, to Prince Edward. Okay. So, in other words, as long as the Queen's alive, everything will just stay as it is. Mm-hmm. And when she's gone, Edward and Sophie will become the Duke and Duchess of Edinburgh. Okay. But until then, it's just basically one of Charles's other titles that he won't be using because he's got dukedoms up the wazoo, as, okay. we, as we put it in the technical <laughs> trade. Yes, because I was going to say, oh, why can't the Queen pass it along? But, of course, she's not the Duke of Edinburgh, so she can't No, it's not hers to pass. No. So that will go to Edward and then on to James? Yes, I believe it is 
it's one of those old dukedom that's uh, penis required. So I think Lazy, Lady Louise misses out on that one. But James will get married and have children, and then you've got a line of Dukes well, of Edinburgh who are Mountbatten Windsors, which is everything he would want. Don't impose your heterofascist normative, you know. No, I'm afraid on this is one of those cases where it is very much that. There's been changes to the Crown, but not to the House of Lords or anything else, which needs reform. Mm. I mean, the whole thing's old-fashioned and ridiculous. We all know that. But you shouldn't miss out if you're a girl on anything. That's mm. just that's just ludicrous. So, yes, we'll be live tweeting about the uh, funeral from... Uh, we'll be twatting the night away during the funeral. So join us at twitter.com slash royalgosspod. And while we're doing a bit of business, we're Royal Gospod on Instagram. You can go to facebook.com slash royalgosspod and see... Listen, kids, if you go to Facebook or Instagram, you're seeing the same thing. I put the same thing up on both posts. It's only if it's a link that's not going to work on Instagram that it's only on the Facebook page. Um, what other housekeeping do we have? Oh, please join our Patreon. Yes, please, please. We love our Patreons. We love our patrons. And this week's episode is a historical special about the royal family and the Nazis, which is the first of our real deep dive historical specials for Patreon. And... There may have been some comedy accents employed and some vilification of the German people involved in that. I'm not going to lie to you. But also, there was quite a bit of uh, interesting information, I think. Absolutely. And uh, I can't remember if I did, if I attempted a German accent. I think my grandmother would have smacked me across the back of the head. You made some attempts at some various accents yeah, and, and I think it wasn't pretty. No, I think we were all agreed. Anyone who's ever heard them that I should never do an accent again. Yep, yeah, yeah, you're the woman of a one voice. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a Cockney washerwoman. And I'm like, well, how's this a German general? I don't even understand. Knock it on the head, governor. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand either. And I've wondered for so many years why I failed my NIDA auditions so many times. <laughs> And also, if you do it for more than 20 seconds, why does it slowly sail into Jamaican? That's the part I can't understand. (laughs) Me neither. Even the one accent you have isn't consistent. It makes no sense. So, again, all the links to everything we're talking about are at royalgossippodcast.com. But it's uh, patreon.com slash royalgosspod. And it costs $10 a month, which is not a lot for four extra shows, right? No, and no, not the a The hilarity lot. of hanging out with us, your, your podcast pals. Absolutely. And if you can't afford the $10, we have put up a $5 tier where you get the exact same stuff anyway. Yep. And if you can't afford $10 a month, we love you anyway. Yes. So do that. Because uh, we just want to keep doing the podcast. And Uncle, Uncle Joe can't do that if he's living under a bridge, people. <laughs> well, he can, but then, you know, we're sort of going to have to, you know, share space with all the other podcasters who are under bridges yes we don't want random drunken hobos interrupting (laughs) us whilst we're doing our podcast that's right i think that's all we have to bore people with we don't have any horrifying news i don't think there's anything else we have to (laughs) it's the news (laughs) didn't see that coming did you no i did not oh i'm livid about this daily mail oh god Queen bans military uniforms for all royals at Prince's funeral after Harry and Andrew query. The Queen has banned military uniforms being worn at Prince Philip's funeral after questions were raised over Prince Harry and Andrew's outfits, it has been claimed. Prince Harry was facing the prospect of being the only male member of the royal family not wearing military attire to the Duke of Edinburgh's funeral this Saturday. Blah, blah, blah. Now, I might add- And the Prince Andrew was demanding to wear an admiral's uniform. I need to take a drink of water because I'm so livid about this, I'm going to spit. I don't 
no one has actually said that Harry was kicking up a stink because they know damn well that 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 would result in a lawsuit because he doesn't he's not here to fuck spiders anymore. Um, it Harry was going to wear a suit and people were going oh so the Prince Nonce Nancy Drew is going to dress as an admiral. Why is he Nancy Drew? Is uh, he a detective? <laughs> I don't know. That pun, you're going to have to work on that. Well, one I think too. it was because his last name, because his name's Andrew, so it's Nancy Andrew. You know, Nancy oh, Drew. Oh, okay. I, but sure. I know, yeah, I'll yeah, allow it was it. <laughs> Right, I'm ready to render my verdict on this yeah. story. Yep. Which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And every royal reporter who would know what I know mm. knows this is absolutely ridiculous. I'll start with Prince Harry. Mm. There is absolutely no fucking way he wanted to turn up in a military uniform. He would never in a million years do that because it's grossly inappropriate. Yep. And I want to preface this by saying these are the general rules of the British Armed Forces. Mm. This is not me policing what veterans wear. If you are a veteran, you can turn up dressed as fucking Batman as far as I'm concerned. Well, there was, just to side for a minute, but there was a young lad killed in Iraq and um, his, uh, they were in the foxhole and the guy, his mate who was there with him said to him, if I die, you have to turn up wearing a tutu to my wedding, uh, to my funeral. You, you have to promise me you Oh, my that. God. And he did. And I had, like, people were like, well, that's grossly inappropriate. And again, that's what his mate begged him to do because they knew one of them, you yeah, know, that, that, that there was a possibility oh, both of them going to die. So, you know. So I think there's got to be, <laughs> you have to, have to, um, Think about your deathbed requests. <laughs> yes. Well, you're not forgetting the discussions no, we've had I've about my the, funeral. Well, there's that Hervé Larger um, bandage dress. <laughs> It'll be more like a triage dress no, by the time I get there. <laughs> you editorialised that. I said halter top and pearls like a Melrose Place funeral, just to make a very hip reference young people will understand. Uh the rules are basically in England, and generally speaking, everywhere. And as I say, if you want to wear your uniform, I don't care. But the rule is, you don't. Mm. Basically, even if it is your uniform, you do not impersonate an active service member by dressing up in your uniform. Yeah. You just wear a normal suit and you wear your medals. If it's a military parade and you want to also wear your beret, good for you. That seems to be the general rule. This isn't me saying this. Everyone calm down. So Harry's not going to, has more respect for the armed forces and knows exactly how everything works mm. and at no point demanded to dress up in any kind of uniform. Yep. I can't, and I, I, well, let's just get the Prince Andrew thing out of the way. No way, there's absolutely no way he said this or that any of this is true. Prince Andrew is an honorary vice admiral. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to say to me he should be stripped of that rank, I'm on board. You're saying that you would like to have him fired out of a cannon into the Atlantic Ocean, I'm on board. But the fact is, he is a vice admiral. And the respectful thing to do when you're attending a military funeral is to wear your military dress uniform. Mm. So I find it, if this is true, absolutely bizarre that the Queen would tell people not to wear their military uniforms to a military funeral. Mm. I'll actually be quite surprised if that is the case. Mm. As to Prince Andrew demanding to wear an admiral's uniform, again, he's been in the Navy for 100 years, mm. and he knows how it works. 
he has no more, him dressing up in an admiral's uniform would be as appropriate as Kate and I dressing up in admiral's uniforms. No, no. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even get to say it. I was just drawing in breath. Why not? You can make me a homemade Michael Jackson <laughs> style Captain Crunch outfit and I'll put it on. <laughs> We're not impersonating officers of the Royal Navy. Even we have some sense of propriety, (laughs) and even apparently in this limited degree, so does Prince Andrew, in my theory, because there's no way he would be demanding that. And the other thing I would say to you was, if he were promoted to Admiral, he would have to go to the Savile Row tailors, Geeves and Hawks, be fitted for a tailored Admiral's outfit, which would need to be hand-embroidered and would take months to make. This idea that somehow he's going to duck back into the costume department, (laughs) find an admiral's uniform and whack it on, is not in any way how any of this works. So, And it's mostly, I'm not going to generalise, but there have been a lot of American people who seem to be going off half-cocked about Mm. things. And like the Prince Harry thing, I've seen people go, he's been banned from wearing his military uniform. It's people going off half-cocked about things they just don't understand. Yeah. And treating things that are just how it works for everyone as personal plots against Harry. And in terms of, as I said, the Prince Andrew thing, there is no admiral's uniform you can choose to just whack on. That's just a... There's, there's, you, you none sure of that he, makes sense. You sure he hasn't gone to the National Theatre now that uh, Megan's gone and raided their wardrobes? Imagine now. <laughs> he do, It is like a Captain Crunch Michael Jackson <laughs> outfit where Prince Andrew turns up like in a costume from HMS Pinafore, yeah. going, look at me, everyone, I'm an admiral now. <laughs> That's how crazy this story is. <laughs> Ridiculous. I and honestly, he's already started. a vice admiral, yeah. so he's got two ribbons on his sleeve. It's only one extra ribbon. I mean, who would even notice or care? Mm. So I find that whole story ridiculous. Yep. And if the Queen's banned everyone from wearing their uniforms to a military funeral to save Prince Harry's feelings... I don't think she did that. That doesn't sound like a sensible story to me. But, look, if that ends up happening, I'll eat my hat. And it's not an admiral's hat. (laughs) It's your Michael Jackson's hat. (laughs) Come on. But even though this Prince Andrew story is obviously made up, and as I said, there would be no way to get an admiral's uniform and put it on, that hasn't stopped people from going off half-cocked about it. Well, they always do, don't they? Daily Mail by um, Piers Morgan. Oh, God. Well, you're going to be on board with him this week, so <laughs> save your own gods. Until Prince Andrew tells the FBI what he knows about his pedophile pal Jeffrey Epstein, I don't want to see any more media interviews with him or see him playing dress-up in an admiral's uniform he never earned. Well, even a stop clock's rise tw- right yeah, twice a day, isn't that, it? Yeah, I was going to say that, yes. And I was also going to say, and um, you know, he's going, look over there, look over there, don't look at the photos of me and what's-her-name together because there's all those photographs of Piers and Ms. Gislaine. <laughs> You're going to say Gislaine every time. Sorry. You are. I'm an 11 year old schoolboy. <laughs> and then Piers just goes through literally the whole litany of what I said that he's that we all already know that yeah. he's a fugitive from justice and needs to be uh, burned at the stake. No, that's going too far. <laughs> or is it? Well, anyhow, you get the general gist. I'm sure Prince Andrew's just been busy. It's only been 16 months since he promised to speak to the FBI, <laughs> and you know how hard it is to get an interview time together with someone oh, who's I know. very, very busy Absolutely. hiding under the bed. <laughs> he has literally nothing to do. Well, no, because he's not doing any of his royal appointments, is he? They've been removed from him, haven't they? 
Yes, he doesn't leave the house. So the idea that he, oh, fuck him, I don't want to talk about him anymore. Oh, God, I have to say one more thing. Mm. He's an honorary vice admiral in the Royal Navy. So on his 60th birthday, he was due to be promoted to full admiral, Mm. and he offered to defer it. So I don't know whether it had been in the works for many years and he just said, let's not do that, or Mm. I can't imagine the firm wanted to do that and he had the sense to say no. He, From everything I've read about him, um, and long before all this stuff came up, that he's pompous, he's bossy, he's abusive. I, you know, and he clearly can't read the room. He's a total sociopath. Well, we all saw that interview. I mean, yeah. he's um, uh, he's that way. He's mm. R-worded. Mm, mm. So he uh, he, I can't imagine that he would have said no. Like, if he oh no, a- I think they had. They said to him, "By the way, you're going to request this is deferred, yes, to save the blushes of the admiralty, mm. because no, they don't want to. No one there wants to stick their head up and say we can't give this bastard a yeah admiral's position. Yes, until he answers questions. The express too heartbreaking. The queen should not be forced to sit alone at Philip's funeral. Now, according to COVID rules, if they haven't been quarantining with her, they can't sit within a certain. She has to take a lady in waiting or somebody with her. There's no. absolutely no way they can have her sit on a bench alone at this funeral. No. Or take the car ride on her own. No. Although, honestly, at this point, I can't think of a lady in waiting she has who isn't dead. So we're going to have to think of somebody who can go in the car with her. But they'd have to quarantine with her. But then Edward and Sophie were obviously with her at Windsor and came and went. So but look, she's had the vaccine. And listen, I think this is all... They don't want to be seen to be bending the rules when, you know, other people have had to have harsh realities at the funerals of their loved ones due to COVID. So they don't want to be seen to be breaking the rules. But I assume everybody's had the vaccine in the family. There's no actual risk going on. So the Express did a poll and 99% of people said that the Queen shouldn't have to sit alone, obviously. So that's a bit of a no-brainer. But it just brings into stark contrast there are plenty of people who've gone through that experience mm. and don't have anyone holding a newspaper poll over it. No, no. And, you know, pretty much every one of our listeners will have had that happen this year as well. So Jesus. I've been to two funerals and, yes, during COVID time. So. Daily Mail. The Queen and Prince Philip's crumbling former home in Malta, where the royals lived between 1949 and 51, is said to be a museum with a $9 million restoration. I am glad about this because they were very happy as newlyweds when they went to his commission in Malta. Mm. And last year, someone showed pictures of the house and it had literally gone into ruin. Oh. And no one was living in it. And the garden was overgrown and the, like, I mean, the ballroom had broken statues from the garden piled up in it. And I'm like, oh, what? this is a real bummer. How could this have happened? Mm. But apparently the uh, two-story house known as, oh boy, the Villa... I'm going to go Guadamangia. Sounds right. And near the capital of Valletta will be restored and turned into a museum, which will express the uh, special relationship the couple had with Malta and their time there. Oh, lovely. So that's nice because I always thought, oh, it's a bit of a bummer. They just let that place to turn yeah. to crap. Because it's not like they've had many residences in their whole life. No. And I think that was a particularly happy one where they actually had a couple of years of being left the fuck alone. Yeah, well, as you said, her island of happy memories. Yes. Town and Country magazine. Remembering the time Prince Philip saved James Bond. What? We have Prince Philip to thank for James Bond films. Okay, this is brand new information. So in 1964, the film Goldfinger went Mm. to American shores, starring Sean Connery and Donna Blackman. 
But the film didn't see, almost didn't see the light of day in the United States as censors found some of the double entendre <laughs> names of characters in the film <laughs> to be distasteful. I, uh, which ones do you refer to? So not only was Prince Philip a great supporter of the arts, he was a huge fan of Pussy Galore. <laughs> and I'm sure he'd want to be remembered that way too. So in February 64, Honor Blackman was at a London gala event and Prince Philip asked her if she could handle the public attention of working on a Bond film. And she did a little bit of her, uh, displayed a little bit of the martial arts background that she uh, learned on the TV show, Avenge- The Avengers, mm. The Old Avengers, and leapt into a bit of a judo pose saying, yes, I certainly can handle it. And that photo was uh, front page news. And because the photos were everywhere, the censor board was forced to conclude that, after all, if the Duke of Edinburgh would associate with an actress, she couldn't possibly be playing an indecent character (laughs) and allowed the film to be shown in America where it went on to rake more than $50 million. So if that hadn't happened, we wouldn't have James Bond films as we have them today. Oh, my goodness. And finally, I think my favourite story was uh, one I saw a gentleman tell on Twitter, and Mm. I don't have his name to hand, but it was quite a good one, where he talked about his wife going to uh, start a job in the Duke of Edinburgh's office for the awards scheme. And upon meeting the prince, she was obviously a little bit flustered and blurted out, "Uh, I've done the Duke of Edinburgh. And (laughs) Prince Philip said, I think I'd remember that. (laughs) Say goodbye, Katie. Goodbye, Katie. very much for supporting the podcast subscribe to the podcast on itunes spotify or google podcasts please rate and review us on itunes and to subscribe to the podcast or join our patreon and hear those shows or to follow us on social media all the links are on royalgossippodcast.com see you next time That's for sure. We haven't got anybody to put those sorts of gaffes out now, so... No, everyone's fairly guarded on that front. Although, once people get a crown on their heads, maybe maybe Prince Charles will loosen up. <laughs> It'll be like that Saturday Night Live character, you know, Drunk Uncle. What if he really loosened up and started finger-gunning people at <laughs> premieres and stuff? He's like, hey, nice jacket. Do they make them for men? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, lordy, lordy, lordy.